This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's curd and long. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. AC Sparky Fiber, 1250 AM. The fan. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Filling in for Ryan Horvath, who had something come up, wasn't able to make it today on Monday. He is our guy, Crunchy, CBS 58 Sports Director, play by play guy for the Packers and the Brewers in Telemundo, Wisconsin. He is Kevin Holden. Follow him on Twitter at 321Q Kevin. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me, Sparky. Man, every time we, we do this, it's a blast, but especially this time of year, you've got yes. baseball going, you got preseason football going. Obviously, that's a little busier for us uh, on that front. It's I, I love August. Can I can I just say something? Um so I understand how uh, most years, again, here at 1250, we have no local programming left other than my interviews in the 55 breaks that tell you to go listen to the rest of the interview on 1250amthefan.com, which is always fun. Um, so, I, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I am amazed, amazed that there's only one station that I could find doing Packer post game shows in the preseason. I, I was amazed. Saturday night, I was leaving to go get my kid and I turned on the radio and I'm like, Hmm. Turn to another station. Hmm. One. And that's the flagship. And that's probably only because I have to. I, I don't get it. Like, this is... Listen, Aaron Rodgers' years, I totally understand if you don't do pregame. I get it, because he ain't playing. There's not a lot. Fine. But as we all know, Packers are king. Jordan Love is playing. Every time the man steps on the field, everybody's eyes are glued. My buddy's in Omaha, Nebraska. He's like, are you sure he's playing? Because otherwise, I'm not... I'm like, yeah, I'm positive. He's like, okay. So he figured out a way to figure out a way to go watch the game or however he got it on his phone. I don't know how he got it. He's like, because if not, I don't care about it at all. And I'm just going to go do what I'm going to do with my friend. And I was like, no, he's playing. So he he watched till he was done. And then he took off to the bar, whatever he was going to do. But that's kind of where it is. I'm just amazed. Like, there's not more wrapped around this Jordan Love thing because I would have to imagine. I don't know what ratings look like. But I would imagine they're higher than they were when Rodgers was here and not playing. I, I'm curious to know what our Telemundo ratings are because – I would imagine, just as a as a fan who wants to know about things that are going on, this is as big as it's gotten in the preseason in a long, long time because we still don't know exactly what Jordan Love is. And depending on which expert you listen to, he's anywhere from all the way here to all the way here. Like that's you you would want to put eyes on it on your own to see is he making the throws he needs to make? Does he have the confidence that he needs? Uh, yeah, it's a preseason, but this is. This means more than it has in a, in a long time. And here's the other half, too. You, you, there are two players that you have to pay really close attention to because one is love, but just in case the spectrum of Jordan Love outcomes is way over on the bad side, you do have to look at Sean Clifford. You do have to know what that is. I mean, you obviously don't want that to be your starting quarterback, but 
you at least got to know what you have if if it just goes completely south with Jordan Love. So uh, for me, it's it's been a huge August. I know that the buzz at our place, of course, CBS 58 and Telemundo are together. So our buzz together as the two stations around this has been big, but we also have the game. So I'm kind of in a bubble, uh, but I'm with you. And the, the weird thing about it is what it means is someone somewhere at these other stations in town are someone's dropping the ball. Someone either doesn't have a finger on the pulse or just plain doesn't understand. The well, they don't want to spend the money because money's tight. Right. Like it is with a lot of different radio stations nowadays. And yeah. I'm guessing that's probably what it is. Money's tight and they don't want to spend the money and have you know, to staff a post game show and everything else that goes along with it. I mean, I understand it. I get it. I was just shocked beyond all shocked. Like of all years not to do it in the preseason, this wouldn't have been the year I would have chosen. I, we're going to figure something out because we, we have to be there because people are going to want to talk about Jordan Love. Having said that, let's talk about Jordan Love. Then we'll get to Sean Clifford because Gary Ellerson was stirring the pot again over the weekend uh, about Sean Clifford. And I, I will get to that in a moment. Uh, let's talk about Jordan Love. I was watching a thing before we started from this morning, I guess, Monday morning here, Dan Orlovsky, who, by the way, I mean, good job. I mean, had no real NFL career outside of being a backup, never really panned out, and turned to doing something on social media, breaking down plays to this gigantic ESPN job. And he's a super nice guy. Like, we've had him on the big show back when when uh, we had the big show. Super nice dude. Uh, but anyhow, sort of like McAfee. McAfee was obviously a great punter, but to look at what he's turned his career into. And Orlovsky was talking about going back to March. He would say, hey, man, like, this is all going to kind of go on, you know, probably Jordan Love and how good he is. And if Jordan Love is average with the young playmakers with Musgrave and Watson and Dobbs around him, this team is going to be pretty good. They're not going to be horrible like everybody thinks if he's average. And Orlowski goes, and now, now that we've seen a couple of games, he's not average. He's very, very good right now to this point. He goes, and that means they're going to be contenders. And he got done talking, and the Dominic Foxworth, who I really like, then he, the D old DB, he came out and he goes, I'd love to pour cold water on this. He goes, but I can't because he has looked really good, and they are going to be contenders. And I'm just smiling watching this video, just like you are, Kevin Holt, just smiling, because I was waiting for somebody to be negative and criticize Love for a throw or something to bring everybody back down to earth. But I feel like he's winning people over. They're just preseason games, but he's showing enough to convince people that, hey, I am here and I am for real. What I think about uh, Jordan Love so far in the preseason, Sparky, is this. He's when you when you want to go the boxes left or right, you want to talk about, okay, you want to do these 10 things or whatever as a quarterback. The vast majority of those boxes are getting checked, and they're getting checked on a weekly basis. Now, there are those who, of course, want to hop on the contrarian bandwagon, and they look at that throw to Musgrave over the middle that was overthrown in the first preseason game where he just not enough touch on it, or the play where the the ball was fumbled uh, in, the, um, in the second preseason game, the one that just happened. That's one play here and one play here from a guy in his first year as a starter. And, and I think that those people that want to look at those two plays and, you know, make a judgment about Jordan Love in general, I think it's a bad idea. I think the, what, what you're hearing from Dan Orlovsky and these other guys, that's a little closer to the truth. I think Love has got, uh, you know, there are going to be a few warts along the way there are with any quarterback, especially you're trying to play in the, you know, the, the highest level in the world. Right. But as far as the pure stuff, the, the the confidence, the poise, the ability to to read and make throws and do what he has to do. He's used the legs from time to time. 
There's nothing about these two games that makes me think that he couldn't be, at the very least, a capable NFL quarterback. And if Jordan Love is the 12th best NFL quarterback, that is a cause to throw a ticker tape parade in his first year as a starter because they've got other parts. This is, you know, I, I entered into the preseason with some questions. And after two games in the preseason, I am absolutely more optimistic about the team because I'm more optimistic about Jordan Love. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are a couple of things. Like the throw to Jalen Reed for the touchdown was on a rope and right there. Somebody went on Twitter and I wish I could give you credit, but I don't remember who, who it was. But somebody on Twitter took that play, put it on the top half of the tweet. And then on the bottom half of the tweet, took a play from Rogers same formation, everything was the same, and ran it, and it was the exact same play. Cobb caught it from Rodgers and scored a touchdown, and Reed caught his from Jordan Love, and both throws pretty much identical. That's the type of thing where you get excited. When he's making throws, and there's not a lot of room to miss for a mistake or whatever else, and he's doing it, that throw down the right sideline that he kind of dropped in there, maybe it was a little short, that the receiver caught, uh, and they asked Jordan Love, is that where you wanted? He said, well... When I threw it, I thought maybe I underthrew it a little bit, but where the ball ended up going and, and dropping into was pretty much exactly where I wanted it. He is... I, I'm not going to say he's going to be scary good when, the more reps he gets, but he's only going to get better. The more he plays, the more reps he gets, Kevin, he's going to get better and better and better. And the other thing that impressed me in his post-game press conference, talking about the one scramble that he had, the one run, he said when he got to the top of his drop, he knew what the coverage was. He knew what, what they were playing on defense. He knew it was never going to work, and he took off right away because he saw an opening versus sitting back there, pat, 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 wait, 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 pat, 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 wait, wait, wait. He got to the top and said, this is not going to work. And boom, when it got the first down. That's the type of stuff that I like. Because that means his mind is rolling at the same pace as play and knows what he has to do next and then is able to do it and be successful. The one thing that that folks in Wisconsin probably don't want to say right now, so I'm just going to say it. Good job. You know you know who he uh, who he has to thank for a lot of that? Rodgers? 
Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, of course. He spent three years in an apprenticeship under one of the smartest quarterbacks ever. And look, I, you know, <laughs> we could spend four and a half years just, just diving into all the other parts of Aaron Rodgers. But if you're Jordan Love and you'd spent the part of the apprenticeship paying attention to the part of Aaron Rodgers that could pick apart a defense, the part of him that could read and understand situations and go back to previous years and previous situations, I don't know if there's anybody better in the league at that exact thing right there. That what this shows to me is that Jordan Love did two things really well. He paid attention to what Aaron Rodgers could do on the field, and he also blocked out everything else because you you get a little bit of both with Rodgers. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but you get a little bit of both, right? The, the player was the kind of guy that would make you jump for joy, and then the person would would run you in a hundred directions, you know, all off season. And and Love blocked one out, it, it appears, and paid attention to the other. Uh, that to me is is the most positive thing that possibly could have happened. And the other thing it tells me is I go back to Philadelphia last year and the touchdown to Watson and the fact that, okay, uh, you know, there those that thought, all right, this was just a very isolated, small little sample. I don't know if it was a small little sample. It, it was, a, it was a, a small set of plays, but I think it may be indicative of what you have from Jordan Love. And again, they're growing pains with, with anybody and there will be, you know, in the Jordan Love era, but yeah, he, he paid attention, and and the part of Rodgers that picked apart defenses, uh, it got handed down. It got you know the genetics went on. Yep. The QB has that still. It's great. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. Now we talk about how good he is, and now of course there's Clifford, right? The kid from Penn State who is here as well, who's playing out of his mind. And Gary Ellerson, God bless him, uh, right? Went on Twitter and hey, you know, why is everybody getting talking about Clifford more than they're actually talking about Jordan Love? And I said, would you quit? Quit trying to start trouble, man. You are killing me. It's all he was doing, just stirring the pots, you know, all the crazy stuff people would say. My thing is this, because if, if you listen to Kurt along, you know Ryan Horvath cannot stand Clifford and hated the pick, hated everything to do with it. I'm not a Clifford guy either. I didn't like the pick either. But the reason we didn't like the pick is because we watched him at Penn State blow big game after big game after big game. I mean, if you can be a choke in college, that's what he was, throwing dumb interceptions at dumb moments, making dumb decisions. Uh, does he have the physical tools to play? Yes. Clearly has the arm strength. Clearly has the mobility. He wows you in in increments where you're like, damn, he looks really good. But then when the pressure gets turned up a notch, he kind of forgets. And that that's the scary part. So a lot of these people that are watching him probably never watched college football or never watched him at Penn State or didn't watch a lot of Penn State um, and are getting all excited by what they see. Having said that, hey, you could do worse as a backup to Jordan Love. I mean, I, I maybe I'm crazy. I, I don't think he's going to come in and embarrass himself or the offense for two or three games if he had to come in and play if Jordan Love got hurt or something. I think he could keep the boat floating in the right direction this first year here as a rookie. And then who knows? Maybe this turns into a situation where he's Matt Hasselbeck and he balls out every preseason and you eventually can flip him for a one or a two or something and, and get that going again like the Packers used to do. Yeah, that wow, that Hasselbeck comparison is is center of the dartboard, man. Because uh, the thing, the two things that Clifford for me has shown in the preseason, there's there's a certain poise to it, and I get the games don't count, but there right. is a certain presence, you know. That there's those, especially those that are rookie quarterbacks that are getting in the league, are either so amped up and so hyped, or so scared by the situation that it shows. And I don't see that with Clifford. That's one. The other thing is 
as far as the game management aspect of it is concerned, you can tell he's smart. You can tell he understands this is, you know, the situation for this touch pass or this or whatever. And the, even the post-game interviews sound. And, and what I have to remember is that is that these two quarterbacks are basically the same age. That's the other right. thing I have to keep here is that Clifford is a rookie, but he's an old rookie. Uh, so that does help. But uh, yeah, I, I am, um, I'm, I am in terms of where I was before the preseason to now, I've come farther on Clifford than I have on love. I'm not saying anything about somebody being a starter. I just, I thought Jordan love would be pretty good. Now I think he's good. I thought Clifford could be anything from soup to nuts. And now I think he's, you know, a legitimate backup. Now I will say this. Uh, we had uh, Jaime Cano as our guy that does brewers, uh, Telemundo brewers. He filled in for one game on Packers. Football's not not his sport. He was picking it up or whatever. And he's watching Clifford in that game against the Bengals. And Jaime says, uh, "Man, I don't know. Sean Clifford looks like the better quarterback right now." And I and I just kind of stopped and I said, "Okay, I gotta I gotta figure out a way out of this, right?" So my response was, "Man, if Clifford could face the Bengals second team every week, I think he'd be a Pro Bowler." <laughs> No doubt. Right. And you got to remember that too, who they're playing, right? Clifford's not playing the other team's ones necessarily at this point. But again, physically, the tools, he's there. I'm not saying he's going to stink or anything like that. I think he'd go out there and win a game or two for you probably if he had to fill in for two or three games, something along those lines. You have no idea, though, how it's going to work when we start talking about um, the fact of you know, who is he playing, right? Is he playing a great defense? That made, made things a little bit more difficult. Is he playing a crappy team? Then, yeah, he's going to be obviously in a position to win. Let's talk about some of the guys that didn't play in this game. No Eric Stokes. Haven't seen him yet. Still coming back from injury. Don't know when we'll see him, if we see him. Jair Alexander didn't play in this game. Rashawn Gary didn't play. Devondre Campbell didn't play. David Boxy already didn't play. There are others, but those are the main guys, uh, obviously, at this point. So when you see those defensive guys out, like Rashawn Gary... And then Inga Bari just says, to hell with this. I got you. Don't worry. I got you. I mean, he was a rookie out of South Carolina last year, and he showed you flashes. And now he comes back this year, and he looks like, and again, know who you're playing, all that. I understand that. But he looks legit right now. I think uh, when you when you talk about Inga Bari and you talk about Carl Brooks and guys like that, uh, right. if, when, you're, when you're on that side of things, the first thing that comes to my mind is not can they be a one. In other words, it's not a Jordan Love conversation. It's can they be a two, right? Could they be an effective backup or an effective person in the mix? And I think both Enigbari and Brooks showed in that second preseason game, they're making a legitimate case to, to be a two and to be part of the depth there on defense because that was legitimate pressure. That was legitimate stuff that, that happened from both of those guys uh, in the game against uh, New England. And look, New England was – the, the the impression I got from New England was that it was one of the most important things that it could have could have happened to this Packers team at this time, which is to say Bill Belichick and his boys came in and they were not playing around. They didn't care that it was August. They were putting pressure. They were making life difficult during the joint practices. They were making it difficult during the games. Bill Belichick called a timeout with three seconds left in the third quarter. It was the third quarter, right? Yeah. And and then he never stops coaching, though. You know how that works. But that but so what what that does is all of these young folks, whether you're talking quarterbacks, defensive, whatever, you know, the rookies, the new guys, they see it and it's a legitimate challenge. You know what I mean? It's not just, oh, well, these guys are wearing Bengals jerseys, but they don't care. You know, they're ready for September. Like the 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 Patriots showed up 
in a, in a serious way. I thought that helped the Packers progress quite a bit. So to me, there's a little bump up in what Anakbari and Brooks and these guys did uh, in that second preseason game because I think they did it against a team that cared a little bit. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. And there was definitely that animosity because of the joint practices and everything else and the everything that happened before the game and all that stuff. So that was that was something else to talk about. Your thoughts early on Van Ness. I yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. I I what I'd love to see ideally from a first round pick is somebody that that you could instantly slide into a spot, feel like you have something between a starter and and you know, if you get really lucky, a Pro Bowl level player. And at this point, I think the first season might be a little bit of a project for Van Ness. And it's, you know, I'm talking in August here. Maybe by October it changes. Yep. Maybe the you know game situation brings something different out of him. But it's just it's you you want the player to be a little bit uh, ahead of the game in August, and I feel like the game is a little bit ahead of the player in August. Maybe that's the the best way to say it. He's not had a, a, a chance really to stand out. He's not stood out. Uh, that is, uh, for me, it's something that's going to be hard to fix in the current NFL system too, because he's got one more preseason week against the Seahawks, and then teams enter this limbo now for two weeks, and then all of a sudden they go from that to boom, here we go. It's at Chicago. Uh, I. I'm a little worried Van Ness is going to get lost in the shuffle, at least in the beginning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and he may not play a ton either. Like, remember, Rashawn Gary didn't play a ton. And if everybody is healthy on this defense, if Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary and Engabari are all healthy, he may not get a lot of snaps per game, which is fine. It may be obvious, you know, third and long type situations where maybe he gets to run out there and do something and they move some guys around, and that's how, you know, he gets on the field. What about Valentine, the rookie out of Kentucky? A seventh-round draft pick, the cornerback, everybody was high on after week one in preseason, joint practice and everything else. He uh, had uh, a little bit more of an up and down performance uh, in the second exhibition game. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where I, I started to pay attention to to I think thirty seven is the number I like I, I kept an eye for him because that he was so good in that first preseason week that I'm like okay yep. this is a guy that could be a thing right and yeah you you hit it on the head there were there were moments in that second preseason game where he looked turned around I mean it was. You know the the first the receiver down from behind on the one of them. Yeah, I, that's and again preseason. This is happening, right? Like, oh man, this is this is not a thing you want for you know this close to a regular season, especially if somebody's trying to compete for a spot. I, I thought I thought at first that the first preseason week would be the start of something good. I'm a little more worried that the first preseason week was a flash, and the second week might be closer to the right. two. Uh, that's one player where this third game against Seattle is going to mean something because, uh, you know, he's got something extra to prove. He's got to show that that what he put on tape against Cincinnati is closer to the real him. Yeah, and that, that's something that we'll have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. The other thing on the defensive side of the ball is how good is this defensive line going to be? Are they going to consistently be able to get pressure? And you've seen some of the rookies like Brooks, uh, again, show up big time uh, on film this last week in week two, 
my disappointment, I guess, if we start talking about, you know, getting penetration and so forth, is Slayton. Slayton, who did, again, really well in week one, getting pushing the middle of that line, to me, didn't seem to get as consistent of a push in week two. Brooks was all over the place, but I, I didn't think Slayton won. Yeah, and that's you imagine the difference if you could have gotten something extra out of Slayton in addition to what you got from Brooks and from some of the other guys up there because uh, <clears throat> we already have nightmares from last year, Sparky, about Bailey Zappi. Like, it, it, no, that already hits oh, right yeah. here, right, from last, last what was it, October, October early October. Yep. The last thing you wanted is for him to come in in August and, and look comfortable again, you know. that's that as a, as a fan base, but I think as a team, too, there's probably a little something extra in you that makes you want to make him uncomfortable. And, and yeah, they, they didn't do that. I think very well, uh, there were some, some drives that were just, you know, consistent and there's, there's what goes to the pressure, right? If you get a team that just marches consistently down the field, just eats and eats and eats and eats. That is uh, your defensive line really gets demoralized by that sort of thing. And, and uh, in order for that, to not happen in the future and to not happen in the games that count. Yeah. You, you're going to have to have that pressure there. And I, I'm a hundred percent with you. I just didn't see that out of Slayton in that game. Before we move on to this upcoming week, getting ready for the Seahawks. Now joint practices are now done for the Packers, right? So they had the one against Cincinnati. They had the two against the Patriots. The second one was a disaster, seven fights uh, all over the place. Uh, they talked to Jordan Love after the game about you know the chippiness and so forth, and then before the game they had the the little pushing and shoving. During the game, uh, he got hit from behind as he was sliding uh, on a play. He got up and said some choice words that people dissected on Twitter of what he said. They made me laugh. Um, they asked him. They asked Lafleur, "Do you like these joint practices?" I think at the end of the day, it comes down to it depends who the two teams are. As LaFleur put it, you know, they've had two days of joint practices last year. They had no issues. Um, and now this year, uh, they obviously did at the end of the day. For me, I'd, av- I'd avoid it. I wouldn't do it. If you want to have three joint practices, then just have one before each game. So just instead of having two against the Patriots, do the first one. Do one against Seattle this week, then do the game, and then be done with it. I'd rather do that. Then now not have any joint practice this week going up against Seattle. And now you've got two weeks to get ready for the regular season again. I'd rather have that one more joint practice this week against Seattle and skip the second one against New England. Joint practice to me has become uh, it, it's become a, a little bit of a tough situation for the NFL because if you ask the question even a year ago or two years ago, people say, wow, joint practice is this great way to make August mean something because you go against somebody else. And, man, I feel like the NFL is headed completely in the other direction and rapidly. The Patriots canceled theirs against the Titans after the Isaiah Bolden situation. The Texans and Saints have canceled theirs. This is is something that was probably hatched as a good idea, and I think the first few of them turned out all right. But the the chippiness is is an interesting side effect because, you know, it tells you that the guys that you're getting ready for the season, that you're training to just, you know, just be drooling at the mouth are actually drooling at the mouth, but they're doing it in a situation where it doesn't mean anything. And they they've spent right. months of the off season and then weeks of training camp going against each other. And that they, what builds up inside of a player is obvious because it's being released in this joint practice. So I, I the NFL's probably got to do some just rewiring all the way around on joint practices. I don't mind the idea of one a week, but you know, one before each game so that, you can you can show something on a practice field and then show something against the same group in a game. I do think 
you learn something from that. But you got to figure out a way to keep these guys from from truly, you know, getting after each other. Because look, you need as many good, healthy bodies as possible in September. You want to get ready for the year. But the thing you don't want is a punch to land and change your season because of some meaningless practice at well, meaningless yep. practice in August. That that's where the difference is. And I don't know if I know the answer. NFL guys, you know, this this is elite football, which means there is elite pressure and elite emotion. And I don't know if there's a way to manage that. Yeah, and that's something that I'm sure they'll they'll dissect here kind of going forward. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming game now against Seattle. After the game gets done, you guys, the media, uh, uh, do a great job. All right, Matt LaFleur, we playing Jordan Love? What are we doing? Jordan Love, you want to play? Jordan Love, I'm good. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's start the season. I don't need to play anymore. I'm good. Matt LaFleur, what do you think? Nah, right now, I think he's playing. God says, I, I think he's playing. Could change. I think he's going to play. So then LaFleur talks uh, yesterday and says, oh, yeah, he's playing. And he points out that, listen, this isn't necessarily about him per se. This is about everybody on offense. They're so young on offense that he's not surrounded by vets that know what they're doing. So you've got to let the reads of the world who have no experience in the NFL see more against defenses and so forth, be able to make adjustments. Let Dobbs and Watson, neither one of whom played a full season last year, continue to make adjustments. Let Luke Musgrave continue to try and figure out how to play tight end at the NFL level and Tucker Craft and how he does his job. To me, this makes a lot of sense why you would play them. How long he's going to play them, I don't know. And I said it when they scored that touchdown with Jordan Love. I said he's done because that's probably what they wanted. And then after the game, Love said the deal was if we scored a touchdown, that was it. So because it took them to the third possession to score, they were playing. I'll be honest. I'm good if that's the le- if that's the deal it's against Seattle. You play till you score seven or six or however you want to deem it. Then yeah, I'm fine with that. I- I'm I'm totally with it. Is it scary if something were to happen to him and now everybody's making fun of you and ripping you for screwing up your whole season at playing Jordan Love in the third preseason game after he looked fine in the first two? I think his quarterback rating is 124 at this point through two games. I mean it. It, it, he's played fine. So, but I, I get LaFleur's premise. What about you? Yeah, I think I think it's smart because you know, again, it's not just young quarterback experience everywhere else. It's young quarterback building rapport with receivers. And they they clearly want to test love in every possible situation. Test him, you know, in an OTA and test him in a training camp practice, in the joint practice, in a game. You know, they, they want him they want him getting as many different types of looks that he could possibly get. And I think this is a set of looks and they don't want to waste it. So I, I think this is a smart idea to have him out. If they want to go to their score a touchdown, I think that's fine. But I mean, you, you rattled off several names. And as you were doing it, I was you know, there were more coming to my mind. Samori Toure and Malik Keith and, and guys that like yeah. every single name you said was somebody who could benefit from playing one more time, one more time against Seattle. So I think it would be, I think it'd be a great idea if they, until they score a touchdown, if they treat this coming week, like it's the week they just had, if they just treat preseason week three, like it was preseason week two, go ahead and make it happen. Because the the other thing that's happened in the NFL's preseason schedule, when they went from four to three, the extra space, the extra week is after, which is to say this tweaks that used to happen in the last preseason game, where people started to back off of it was because you were so close to the regular season. Now you've got 
what is it, 15 days between weeks. Yeah. yeah. So if you, each week is fine, like it's, it doesn't mean as much, uh, I think, to, to withhold 15 days before the regular season. You might as well air it out a couple of times. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. And that's the other thing. You bring up Malik Heath, who has been a standout in this camp, undrafted wide receiver that's been very impressive, was impressive again this last week. I wonder if he would consider playing him, you know, let Watson and Dobbs go out there and play, uh, get a couple things, in, and then put Malik Heath out there. If Seattle, I don't know if Seattle's going to play their starters or not on defense, probably not. But let Malik Heath play with Jordan Love and let him go out there uh, and get some reps maybe with that first unit. Let Samari Toure go out there and maybe get a couple of reps with that first unit. Because if you look at that wide receiver room, who's staying, who's going? How many are we keeping? Are we going to keep seven wide receivers in Green Bay this year? Because to me, it looks like they're going to keep seven wide receivers in Green Bay this year is my guess. Yeah, it's probably right. And and the even if you keep seven, that list is deep. I mean, it's it, it, there's some tough decisions coming. And the other thing that you want is, uh, you know, for, for love in that first season as a starter, you want as many options as possible and as many different looking options as possible because you're going back to Rodgers, and this is probably an unfair comparison, but Rodgers created superstars out of threes and fours sometimes at receiver, the James Joneses of the world. Those are the guys that became right. – Jones was an NFL uh, touchdown leader as a, as a receiver. Uh, so what that tells me is – if you can give him, you know, six or seven different guys there, different tight ends, he can do some stuff out of the backfield. It, don't, it only helps love. So that fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh option at receiver needs to be uh, someone with as you know, give them as many reps as possible, give them as many options as possible. I am fascinated by Toure. If we if we want to go down that rabbit hole for a quick second, uh, we talked to Toure after the game in Washington last year, and remember the game in Washington last year was one of those gut punch games right just a that was that was an awful awful game because Watson got hurt and that game plan was around Watson Rogers said after the game and once Watson went down it screwed up everything so when when we talked to guys after the game there were players that were literally trying to duck out and not speak right like this and it, it with the Packers that usually doesn't happen you can usually get guys but there were guys that were Homer Simpson into the Ivy right two guys that weren't um, uh, Sammy Watkins, oddly enough, uh, gave us a terrific interview and Toure was the other and Toure, like this dude is in his mid twenties. And what came from him in that interview was the wisdom and, and knowledge and depth of someone who was quite a bit older. I think Samari Toure might be secretly really smart, uh, nothing more than one interview to go off of with that. But I am curious to know if what's here can combine with, you know, with the legs and whatever else. I think they may have a, a little bit of a hidden gem with Toure. Yeah, and you think about it. Watson, Dobbs, Reed. Those are your first three, right? Then you've got Toure. Now we're talking at four. I think Toure is definitely on the roster. So, mm-hmm. okay, so now we got those four. Now you've got the draft picks in Wicks and DeBose. DeBose, who was hurt, who just came back this week. And, and Wicks, who was banged up too, and he he's played more than DeBose has. Those two is the draft picks. And then you have Malik Heath uh, as well. I'm telling you, like I, they may keep six or seven. Well, they're probably going to definitely keep six. But seven, seven may be, you know, the number for wide receiver. And then you look at the tight end room with Musgrave, and it looks like DeGuara is in front of Kraft right now as far as snaps that he's getting with the starters. Kraft's playing a lot longer 
with the second unit than he is with the first unit. Um, that room is young, and it appears fairly deep uh, at that, too. John Kuhn pointed it out week one before they played that first game. And I think he pretty much said, I don't remember exactly what he said, something along the lines of, like, this is the fastest Packers team he's seen, I think was something along the lines of what he said. Just how athletic they are and how fast they are. Um, and I think he's right. I, I don't know if Rodgers ever had these type of athletes around him like they have. Not saying they're going to pan out to be Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson and all that, but just saying athletically what they can do versus what some of these other guys can do, they're probably a lot more athletic than what Rodgers had to work with. And what that'll mean, I think, is, as the season goes along is not just that there, there's a couple of athletic guys, there's a bunch of them, right? And, and what it means is yes. you get to week five, six, seven, eight, nine, and other teams are wearing down, but the Packers have athleticism and depth fresh legs for those games later on. I think, look, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to go hopping on a crazy bandwagon. I don't want to go sounding like I, I was out in the desert taking peyote or something, but I think September looks good for the Packers. And I think if it's good, October yeah. look good for the Packers. I think it's possible. I really do. They could be, they could be four and two, five and one, maybe going into that bye week. I, 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 I I'm I'm telling you, like I think it's possible they could they could be really good. The other position I want to see is running back between Taylor and Wilson, because Wilson's put some stuff on tape now where you're like, hey, dude, dude can run the ball. But right away the coach is like, that may be, but I need somebody to play special teams. And Taylor is playing more special teams, I think, than Wilson is at this point, and being more effective, Patrick Taylor. So Taylor may end up getting that job. And then it's can I get Wilson to the practice squad? Uh, and and hide him there until I need him if I do need somebody or does he end up getting snatched up? Because I I like that Wilson kid, man. He's he's a good running back. He really is. Wilson's been impressive in the in in each game too. Like he he really did some special things against Cincinnati. The long touchdown, the other touchdown, he scored twice and yep. followed it up with a good game against New England. I I think the answer to that is if you if you decide that it's Taylor and you try to sneak Wilson through the practice squad, I think it doesn't work. I, I think another team gets him because I think I he, agree. He did enough in this preseason that he's on somebody's 53. If it's not Green Bay, it's somebody. Yeah, I totally agree. He is Kevin Holden. He is the CBS 58 sports director, Packers play-by-play, Brewers play-by-play guy for Telemundo, Wisconsin. Follow him on Twitter at 321QKevin. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download this podcast on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Subscribe, follow, whatever you may like. Plus, we're always on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page where we're live streaming currently. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, my friend. Appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you down the line. Much appreciated, Sparky. Always a blast, man. Always. Always.